Boom. How's it going, everyone? Kevin, do you want to turn your microphone off mute there for me, brother? Otherwise, we'll never get this rolling. Oh, my God, man. How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Thank you for everyone who's um, who's watching us. It looks like we've got about two at the moment, two more than what we did a few minutes ago. Hopefully, that's not just yeah, right. Kevin. Hopefully, that's not Kevin and myself, but um, yeah. all good, all good. Man, we finally got this thing off and running there, man. So how's your week been so far, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Monday, Monday tends to Monday. <laughs> got a lot of- Monday, well, Mon- Monday, Itis. How are you feeling coming up to the podcast today, my man? Pretty good, man. Excited. Um, you know, like uh, I guess people might not know, we've been working together on stuff and having chats like this for a couple of months now, a month or two. Yeah, man. I, and I yeah. think that's the thing. Like, you know, you and I, we've been speaking about this for a while now, and it's been like, you know, we, we sit down and have so many in-depth conversations about neurodiversity, mental health, um, what we can do about this stuff. We're connected with thousands of people worldwide who, you know, live daily with um, the same type of things that we live with. Um, so, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where, um, um, you know, it's good to just be able to get on something where we, where we can all talk and um, just really unleash and let other people share you know, or be a part of what we are living type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think also to, you know, help help other people out there like us understand that, you know, there are other people out there like them. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think the main thing that I really want to do is is really just have fun. Whenever you and I sit down, we always have a good laugh. You're having a beer right now because you're freaking out a little bit. <laughs> but all good, my man. All good. By the way, it is 5.30 in the afternoon here. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it, w- it would be a bit of a problem if it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I'd be like, yeah, it's not. Hey, my, hey, my man, you need to get You need to have um, um, something there just to um, maybe not this early in the morning. But anyway, man, let's get this underway um, and, um, you know, really just, um, you know, share a little bit more about what we're doing with, um, um, I suppose, with some of our projects that we're working on, who we are as people um, within the neurodiversity scene, or just in general, who are we and what we do. And more than anything, you know, just... Um, encourage people to to really share and um, interact with us while we're while we're talking here. We would love to hear from people, um, and you know, hear from where people are from. I'm sure I probably will probably have listeners all over the um, over the world, and that is awesome. So you know, I think before anything, I might just um, I might just quickly um, do a shout out to our do do the down to business stuff before I forget. So yep. if you are listening and you may be listening on certain um, platforms, uh, you might be on our LinkedIn platform, our YouTube, Twitch, whichever that is. If you have um, membership or other platforms that you are a part of, please join us on those platforms as well. It will help us so much. Um, so if you haven't done so, please like us on um facebook um please follow us on instagram um follow us on twitter and interact with us please twitch twitch is a new thing for us um so i don't think we have anyone following us on there but i hope to change that shortly um youtube um please check us out on youtube there if you don't like your other platforms and we don't actually have an open-hearted podcast part of me um uh linkedin yet but if you connect with myself will wheeler on there um that will be all cool as well and we'd be more than happy to um have you a part of that what do you reckon kevin i reckon for sure i'm starting to see some people in the in the chat now yeah man how cool 
actually if we've got some people um yeah we've got some people um oh we've got some people at katoomba ballarat mm-hmm. um if we could have the people who are actually watching this can you actually let us know where you're from there that'd be really cool um i suppose one of our probably biggest things with this is to really um encourage people from all around the world to um to interact with us and and really build that community so um just to build from that there but um that should be all cool there i suppose um you know let's get into this you know let, let's let's speak a little bit about the podcast here so you know we've we've already spoken about um a little bit about why we've started the podcast um we've spoken a little bit about um uh why we're doing this and everything but more than anything i think we probably should really talk a little bit about ourselves to start with what you reckon kevin i would say so yeah Awesome, man. Did you want to take off first or do you want me to go first, my man? I'll, I'll, I'll take off first. That's fine. Uh, so I can see uh, David uh, Lee from the UK, Wales. Um, welcome. Um, yeah, I was diagnosed with autism quite late as well. I'm for, about to turn 41 um, and just got diagnosed actually in the last couple of months. Um, I, I, you know, I, I saw some specialists when I was around 25 and did have an idea of what was my whole family was pretty certain because my younger sister had it. And as she got diagnosed, my mom was kind of like, okay, clearly uh, this is something that, that, that Kevin um, might struggle with as well. Um, so we, uh, you know, it's been something that I'm really just recently starting to fully understand and fully comprehend. The diagnosis has totally changed my life, especially with the, the ongoing support that that allows me having the diagnosis um and it's helping me to really start to thrive and and understand things a bit a bit better um but i'm i'm kev photon john some might know me as um uh that is my stage name with all my art uh, I, I i sing in a band and do some solo stuff as well um i own a business called proper digital which is a search engine optimization business um and yeah i mean i, I guess uh it's really uh the last five to 10 years that I've come into, I guess, adulthood because childhood was so difficult. Um, and, you know, been, uh, really started the business at age, thir- sorry, started working in, in search engine optimization at age 30, started the business about seven years ago, um, took a while to get things you know up and running. Um, but, you know, Will being the entrepreneurial type much more so than myself, uh, we ended up working together a little um on a, on a few projects that we got going at the moment um and i'm very interested to hear more about the neurodiversity academy as that as that develops um but yeah business owner musician um autistic person and most of all man you forgot to mention that you're a down-to-earth cool person <laughs> right yeah yeah that <laughs> <laughs> awesome 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 no but that's the thing like this is why i love working with um Kevin, and I don't know about others, it, it's really interesting when I've surrounded myself around other neurodistinct people is that we seem to gravitate towards other neurodistinct people. A lot even of my when, friends, what's that? Even when you don't necessarily know. It's like yeah, totally. So I think a big thing as well um, um, was Kevin and I, we, we just randomly met through bands and all that type of stuff um and um we didn't even know that we're we're neurodistinct so a little bit about me i'm um dyslexic and um undiagnosed adhd um so there's a high possibility i could be a range of other things as well um but you know i'm happy with who i am and what i'm doing i suppose a big thing and i suppose where i come into neurodiversity as well is i own a company called neurodiversity academy which is pretty much about we we really want to help people thrive in their careers um in their life all that so we're a career institute that that really wants to help neurodistinct people to thrive in their careers and life as well and more than anything help people to um really um uh 
believe in themselves. I think a big thing for myself was I failed school and, you know, failing school was hard. Um, well, actually failing school was quite easy, but, <laughs> but I think the, the, um, the outcomes from it um, were quite hard. You know, I was told that, you know, back in those days, and it still happens now, that if you um, fail school, um, you know, we, um, uh, you know, you'll never go on to do anything because you're not going to be able to get into university or go on and do extra study. And, you know, we know that that's fake, you know. We know that you can go on and do so many other things. And I think that's a big thing about the podcast today. You know, we really want to talk about how we've been able to thrive in what we do, being able to, I suppose, cope with, um, you know, our neurodiversity and our mental health as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, it has not been easy. It's still not as easy. Um, but um, I feel talking about it helped. One thing I do want to mention is that, you know, we're not doctors. Um, this podcast is really about trying to um, share certain topics um, and really bring them to light and help other people like um, Photon John spoke about before, um, really try and bring a light to a lot of these and, and help others to see that we're, you're not alone. Um, I think a big thing for me back when I first found out I was uh, first failed school and I was dyslexic, I remember being in school and thinking, man, no one else is struggling like me. But once I started to be really open with it, um, mm. I thought, wow, that's it was just surprising how many people started to come out of the woodworks. So that was really cool as well. So, look, we're not doctors, but in saying that, we are connected with some of the best um, doctors around the world in regards to neurodiversity and uh, mental health. So I think a big thing for us is to get those people on here shortly where we can talk about this stuff and um, really bring some light onto that. Um, so before anything, I did want to say one thing. I saw that David Lee here, I think he had a question for us. So uh, David Lee's got, what sort of what sort of post support do you get when you are, as there is nothing here at all? Thanks for sharing your story. And I'm assuming, David, is that for um, uh, Kevin on that one, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, what I was seeking when I was trying to get diagnosed was an occupational therapist. So my, my, my sister has that. And that's sort of a really practical therapist who can help you um, in regards to everyday life stuff. Um, so I was really looking to I, I knew that it was sort of the, the, the lack of diagnosis and the real understanding of where I'm at and, and how it affects me in my day to day life was um, uh, affecting me. And I, and I needed to the tools and the to understand certain ways of thinking that would help me um, to do better at, at work in particular with my business. Um, so an occupational therapist was what I was looking for. It sounds like that could potentially be what you might need, David. Um, but uh, what I ended up doing was um, uh, uh, the doctor that, that sees me now is just a very pragma pragmatic, qualified, really amazing therapist. Uh, and she gives me um, advice on on day-to-day -day stuff. And it was really like, it's not just sort of like normal therapy sessions as you'd imagine them. She really breaks it down to real life, everyday stuff. Um, we even we even spoke about, um, you know, she broke down the math of my business with me and how much I could maybe earn if I did certain things differently and um, uh, didn't, you know, I was undervaluing myself. I was giving too much, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say an occupational therapist might be what, what, what you would need to, to really have practical applications given to you for your life. But other than that, if you can just come across a very pragmatic therapist um, that you can see regularly to, you know, um, uh, psychology is great. Um, psychologists are great. Um, you know, there's things like little exercises they can give you, uh, to do, you know, breathing exercise and, and for anxiety and all that kind of stuff. But what what I really needed, and I really, because I had seen a few psychologists and I was just like, I don't want another breathing exercise. I, I need to break down what's happening in my life and figure it out. And I need to figure out how to do it better. Um, and, and 
yeah, my current doctor, she really understood that and, and has been working on exactly that with me. Um, and it's been paying dividends. It's very good. Um, so I, yeah, I would just suggest, you know, sometimes with psychologists or therapists or psychiatrists, it's just a matter of, it's the same as a GP. You might need to try out a few before you find the right one. Yeah, cool, cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, David and Kevin. Awesome stuff on that. But yeah, please, if anyone who is on here has any questions for us while we're going along, please um, hit us up um, and we will try to um, fit in um, where we can pretty much. So um, no, thank you so much for that. Um, cool. So um, I think what we might do is... Um, we might actually go into um, some of the challenges we have faced in life. Um, you know, I've spoken a little bit about, especially at school and all that type of stuff, but, you know, I don't know about anyone else, but um, I'm just finding it that, um, you know, as we're getting older, you know, our mental health, um, I don't know about my everyone else, but I find it has sort of become a little bit diffi more difficult to look after um, all that. Or I think it's probably more that I've had to take different, I suppose, routes to take to be able to look after that better type of thing, if that makes sense. What, what are your thoughts around that, Kevin? What, what have you faced a lot of the time? Um, well, I, I guess... Uh... You know, burnout is something that happens across multiple neurodiversities. I, I can only really speak from the perspective of autistic burnout, but I was having that on a fairly regular basis um, a few times a year um, because I'm uh, maybe able to tell from me, I'm very good at masking. So um, I might be looking at the screen right now, talking to everyone, seeming perfectly normal, but there's this complex system of things going on in my brain that's allowing me to sit here and talk at the screen and have strangers talking at us and to be able to cope with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it can get exhausting. It can get really exhausting, um, seeming normal enough to pass and, and, you know, and then don't get me wrong, masking is a beneficial tool to an extent, um, because it allows you to have friends and focus, uh, you know, function in a, in a, in a social situation or a work situation. Um, but you've got to be careful not to overdo that because it is exhausting. Um, and then you start to go, I thought I was just having sort of a never ending up and down of depression, but it was really just, um, it, it was that I was burning myself out by trying to do too much and trying to mask all the time. So I wasn't allowing myself the time to just be autistic, be at home, um, you know, and, and do, do what I needed. I was kind of even masking to myself to an extent because pre-diagnosis, um, uh, I just thought there was something wrong with me. You know, I thought I, I, I was like, why can't I human? You know what I mean? Why, yeah. why, can't, why, why and, can't I do that? And, and look, I, I totally agree with you on that. And like, I think this is a big thing where, you know, especially when we're in a working environment as well, it's really hard to explain that to employers, for example, to say, yeah. hey, look, I, I, I'm burnt out here, you know, um, I need this time. I need a little bit of time to myself. I remember um, um, when I first started the Neurodiversity Academy, I was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And I knew at the time I was pushing myself way too hard and I burnt myself out big time. And yeah. it was because I just pushed myself too hard. So, you mm. know, and, and look, to tell you the truth, I probably look at it now and go, and a lot of other things over that time and go, hey, look, this has happened because of that, because my mental health started slipping then, my, my physical health started slipping because I wasn't eating properly, all of those things there. Um, and it does, it just takes this huge toll. Um, so, you know, those were, that was where I really found that, hey, look, taking time out having time for ourselves you know kevin and i so so by the way i might i might just use this time to um actually talk about why we've actually um started this app i mean it started this podcast because it sort of flows into what we're sort of talking about and everything so kevin and i what we're what we're actually trying to develop and we've actually started this podcast because we wanted to really 
build a community around a little project that we're doing. So what we're trying to create is a dating and friendship app called Open Hearted. And with that app, we really want to um, we really want to encourage people to be open um, on this app about who they are, what they struggle with, all that. Because what we're finding is, especially when we're trying to make friends or even find a new partner in a relationship, it's really difficult for people to understand um, that, hey, you know, I need my downtime. Um, and, you know, we might get into a relationship or something and um, the person who we're with just don't doesn't understand, um, uh, you know, that we need a little bit of time off or whatever. And then they break up with us because they think we're lazy or something like that. So we're really trying to create an app which can, one, help people be really open about who they are maybe some of their needs. It's been really interesting. Kevin and I have been doing some um, some research um, um, before we've started to develop this app. And, you know, neurodistinct people, we do have different ways we do things. We have one, um, different personalities, which is awesome. We have different places that we need to go to to, to maybe go on a date or even how we speak with each, with, with people. Um, but also, too, even even like the sexual side of of our um, lifestyle is a huge thing. So you know, we've got people who are hypersexual uh, or hyposexual, so have a very low um, sex drive, and then you've got people who don't have a sex drive at all. And and you know, trying to find people and help people find those right people is really key. So you know, this has been a big part of why we've created this podcast to really bring light on a lot of topics and and really help people who live day to day with mental health issues and really help other people as well learn more about why people are like that. Well, what are your thoughts on that, Kevin? I mean, yeah, yeah. gone. <laughs> either either's fine. I gotta get I, used to that, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a stage name, call me Kev. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm seeing one here. Uh, so apologies, there's no name. It just says Facebook user. But I relate to all this so much. I struggle with mental health a lot of the time. I just want to close off. Um, I feel people don't understand me, and I, I think um, there definitely is. Um, I mean, everyone's aware that there's a big stigma around mental health in general. Um, but I think, in particular, among the neurodiversity circle, um, uh, th there's there's every um, reason to think that you need to hide some of yourself um uh, or that you need to mask stuff um because people don't i think it's much less about people uh n you know being negative towards neurodiversity and a lot more to do with a lack of education um so they just don't understand how to take you um and the need and to suppose, can, can be suppose, oh sorry kevin i suppose no, a, i suppose a big thing with the app as well is that we want to try to use the app to help educate people on yeah. certain things, type of things. So, for example, if Kevin, um, he, not an example, but Kevin is autistic yeah. and say I'm someone who wants to date Kevin, but I don't know what autism is about, yeah. we can actually look at that and the app will actually teach them, hey, look, this person has this these types of things that, you know, you might need to think about or this is what this is type of thing so we really want to try to help people educate people around those types of areas if that makes sense yeah and it, it, yeah i mean that's why it's called open-hearted because there are many reasons that people who are neurodiverse hide certain things about themselves and, and I, we shouldn't have to um education is something that we're both really passionate about um but we were sort of also just thinking about how how can we practically help people in their real lives with stuff to do with this and will obviously works in the um career side of things um but then yeah i mean the idea of um an interpersonal relationship kind of app for friendships or dating or you know potentially even networking came up uh and then i guess out of talking about the app then the idea for the podcast came yeah totally totally sorry i'm just i'm just trying to um i've got a few people asking me questions which is actually pretty cool um, but yeah, if you do want to learn more about the app, 
Um, look, we haven't got everything in place yet. So please just um, follow our social media platforms. So we're available on Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter, um, all of those places. You can see them up the top of the page there. Um, pardon me. Um, and we'll be sharing more information about that. Plus, we want to try to really utilize the community and find out what they want. I think the, the hardest thing that um, we've been finding is that we're reaching out going, hey, here's this, this is this idea that we're trying to do. And people go, oh, that's being done and it's crap. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, we get that it's crap. That's because it's being designed by people who are not neurodistinct themselves, you know? So we really want to try to work in with the community. Um, you know, we're part of that ourselves. We know what we want um, and really make it for the community type of thing. So designed by the community for the community. So, yeah, please keep in touch with us for that. Just down on any... Sorry, Kevin, did you want to go, my man? Oh, sorry, just to respond to Alexander, the idea is that everyone goes into it knowing. Um, sorry, I might just... Is, does Alexander have a question, does he? No, I was just saying it's known friends who have been honest and it hasn't... If I understand the comment correctly, he's known mm. friends who have been honest and it hasn't gone very well. The idea with this is it's a space where you're all going in knowing that this is what this space is about. Um, so if you have some, uh, you know... You've had, maybe had some bad experiences previously. I know I have. When I first saw a specialist at 25 and I was starting to try and explain to, you know, um, people in my life about having autism, they just, I didn't know how to explain it properly. Um, I knew very little about it. I was newly sort of cold, cold diagnosed. And um, uh, people just straight up didn't believe me, you know. And, and, and when I would try to explain, oh, I'm behaving this way because of X, Y, Z, um, They'd be like, ah, you know, because they don't know anything about it. So this is sort of an official place where everyone can jump in. Everyone knows what the deal is um, and, and, and takes the information seriously um, where it's like, okay, oh, you're about to speak to a person who has this neurodiversity. Here's some information on how that conversation might go or what this person's needs is, uh, or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Pre-qualifiers. Yeah. Pre Mm, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, what we might do, we might actually get stuck into um, how we've been able to develop in our lives type of thing um, because that's what that's what this podcast is all about. And also, too, if you're listening, um, please feel free to um, share some ideas that you might have for future podcasts. Uh, like we said, we're probably going to have some guests eventually we just really wanted to use this time to um i suppose get on here and um just share a little bit about what we're doing why we're doing this um and just introduce everyone to the podcast pretty much the fact that we've got five and we've had about nine people watching at one point there so that's pretty cool i wasn't thinking we'd get anyone you know yeah. but i tell you what it's pretty cool that we can sit here and speak live with people and people can um, interact with us while we're um, while we're talking here which is which is pretty cool but um, all good questions Alex I love that question about what you said there I think that's really key and really something that we really want to probably um, learn more about and you know work in so Alex please you know Actually, the thing with Alexander, I actually used to go to school with Alex. So um, yeah, right. that's pretty cool. So I've known him for over 20 years now. So that's really cool to see you. Um, but please um, share, um, just keep in touch with me. And I'd love to hear some more in regards to that. But, you know, how did we develop in our life? You know, I think a big thing is that, you know, leaving school um, and a big thing with this podcast, we don't want to just talk about, um um you know us all the time we want to talk about hard-hitting topics i think you know a big thing for myself was you know after school failing school learning that or being told that i'd never be anything in life there uh because i failed school my my life just went downhill i was addicted to range of different drugs um for the best part of 10 years and you know that really took a hold of um who i was 
um, what I really could have been able to do with my life. Um, and you know what? I, I honestly believe that if I had have had some better guidance earlier on in my in my journey, I probably would have been in a completely different place. Not saying that where I am is a bad place, but I probably would have avoided a lot of that time wasted um, since leaving school type of thing. I would have probably gone, hey, look, I may have failed school, but hey, look, there's actually other directions I can take. Um, what are they? I was told that, you know, you would never be able to do anything like that, but you can. So, yeah. you know, I think a big thing for myself was I think for a long time I was stuck in um, um, a very hard place. Um, and, Kevin, you and I, you know, you've lived a similar type of similar type of journey there. Did you want to share a bit about what you would do, what happened to you for a while there? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I failed school. Um, I failed all the things you wouldn't think that I would fail. So, um, you know, I'm a professional musician. Um, I have a record contract going on tour overseas next year. Like, um, but I've failed music miserably in school. Um, I also failed art, which I've always loved. Um, but it was, it was just, it was a square peg round hole situation. You know, they, they were like, uh, it, I, 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 they wanted me to enjoy music in a particular way, or they wanted me to be artistic in a particular way. And I'm just like, but that's not art, you know? Um, and that, that was, this was the biggest thing I came up against in school because my brain's going, but wouldn't it be better this way? Or I enjoy it more that way. And they're going, no, you have to do it this way. Right. Um, and I think the big, the biggest lesson I learned, but it took a long time after school was that just because you're a square peg in a round hole in school, doesn't mean you won't find square holes, you know, after you leave school that do fit you true, true, uh, true. and um but i spent my 20s just in the wilderness you know um i was uh, yeah I, I had problems with drug addiction in my late teens very early 20s i got out of that pretty quick though um but that was fairly serious you know um heroin and whatnot um but uh, i um really my 20s i was just jumping from job to job not understanding why i couldn't fit anywhere and um you know people increasingly telling me you got to get your shit together and um, but, but can i say right can i say right like like uh, back then like i had like to me it felt like i had an all right job and yeah. when i was like in that sort of stage of my life right. when you're face when you're living with addiction and you're around everyone else who and and maybe this is a different um journey to yourself kevin but when you are living in this life of addiction, it doesn't feel like you're actually addicted. If that is, if that makes sense, like I don't know about you, but you know, every weekend we'd be hitting it hard from Thursday through to Sunday, and then we would like just take all that time at work to recover and then back into it again. But I honestly didn't think, hey, look, I'm addicted to all this stuff. Um, because mm. it was like, you know, I was like, everyone else was doing it. So that's yeah. not addiction. I, I thought addiction would be like living in a gutter and, you know, all that oh, type, type of stuff. I came pretty close to that. Um, I actually did live on the street um, for a year um, mm. at, when I was 20. Mm. Um, and, you know, really the heavy drugs, the bad ones. Um, mm was my stuff um so i did get a bit close to that but i know what you i definitely know what you're saying um but yeah uh facebook user it doesn't say your name but yeah 28 jobs and you're only 28 yeah i mean it it, it, it you know you realize later that it's never too late but i i really did just jump around all the time because i, I was just tr i was trying to fit into that round hole as a square peg mm. um and i was trying to do what i thought everyone thought that I should do, you know, and I'm just mm. job hopping constantly. Um, it wasn't until I was literally just before I turned 30 that um, I found um, uh, there was just this job. I, I knew I needed a change. I wanted to try something different. I wanted to just, just have a red hot go at something. And I found an ad for a job in digital marketing. And that was a new industry at the time. Um, and I was like, you know what? I love technology. I'm a big nerd. I'd probably do all right at that. And I just, I just took a shot. I had no experience or anything. Went and met the the, the founder of the company, and and he just 
he could see that I was really into it and he gave me a go. But it, until uh, until that point, it had never occurred to me to that, that uh, it was okay for me to go and try and find something that I want to do. I wasn't just trying to get a job because I was supposed to have a job or, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just paying the bills. It was like, maybe I can actually make money doing something that I enjoy, you know, or that, uh, that I would find fun. And it just uh, snowballed from there that, you know, that, uh, you know, um, 11 years later, I got my own business in that industry and, you know, I've, I've done nothing else but digital marketing since then. And I, and I, I bloody love it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still passionate about it all this time later, but you know, uh, uh, how much of that was me trying, railing again or trying to fit into an idea of what work was that i didn't understand and how much of that might have actually just been a little bit of developmental disability i'm still figuring that out in therapy i think definitely um uh there's some element of development developmental disability there and i don't mean that i'm uh it's not it's not like a, people don't really understand what that term means it just means that i was it took me a little longer to come to some realizations and become a bit more of an adult than some people um, because I struggled so much to understand some really basic things that that that, that you know neurotypical people can just instinctually understand. Um, but, so it's just be a little bit longer to figure some things out, you know. But do you know what? Right, like I think for myself was I was so I when I left school I ended up getting like uh, a warehousing job where I was just mm. unloading trucks and driving forklifts and all that type of stuff, and. Yeah. I remember like when I got into that role um, and started to really get into it, like doing like, you know, sort of supervisory management type of roles. It was amazing how I took to it. And I remember physically back in the day sitting there and thinking, oh, my God, I'm actually really good at this but I do it differently to everyone else. And that was when I really started to think to myself, I'm actually not as stupid as what I thought I am. I thought I was because, you know, because of school telling me, oh, look, you, you'll never go on to anything good if you don't um, uh, do well in school. You leave there thinking, I'm an idiot. You're right. And so, you know, for a long time I did think that. But when I got into the workforce and really started to develop and started to get some really good jobs, I was like, oh, my God. For a while there, I think I was actually my worst enemy because people would come up to me and say, hey, look, man, you're actually really good at what you do. You blow me away with what you do. Um, have yeah. you thought about going and doing other study? Because um, you could go on. And, and, and I remember I used to say to these people, oh, actually, man, I, I haven't. I, I'm dyslexic. I failed school. I'll never be able to actually go on and do all this stuff. So, man, I was my own worst enemy. But to tell you the truth, I remember one of my turning points, and this is where I really started to develop, was that someone said to me, they're like, look, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to change. You're always going to be this way. You're, ne you're always going to want to do the drinking and, taking all this stuff you're never going to change and i tell you what that was a kick yeah but look man you're, you're not sitting there like blackout drunk or nothing like that yeah. so you know it's not that bad right but yeah. like it's like you know that was where i was like you know what stuff you i'm gonna go on and do some better stuff right but i think the hardest thing was kicking all my bad habits kicking the drugs tell you the truth the drugs were the easiest thing to kick i mm. think the hardest thing for me was the alcohol because yeah. we look at alcohol and look I, I can have drinks now i can have a few drinks and be like you know what that's enough but back in the day and you know it's interesting looking at all like adhd um, information and all that and i fit smack bang into that as to you know, a lot of ADHD users um, use alcohol to, you know, mask certain situations and stuff like that. I could be wrong. It's just stuff I've read on um, on Instagram and stuff like that. But a lot of the, a lot of the information is right. What were you about to say? It's similar with autism. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I remember I would go to these places and drink and drink and be blackout drunk, not even know what I was doing. But, you know, once yeah. I was able to kick that, I think the only thing that was then holding me back was my environment. Once I actually changed 
um, a lot of the people I was hanging around with. Now, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, hanging around with awesome people, but I couldn't, um, I just couldn't um, be around that every every weekend. So, for example, it's like, hey, look, come over um, and we, we'll have some beers, you know, like, living that lifestyle every weekend was just not good and i remember i'd have some weekends where i wouldn't even drink at all and waking up on a saturday morning not drunk oh my god man no drug in the world can make you feel that good man and that and that was where i really started to go holy crap you know so for me i was like man i need to do more with my life on the weekends so i'd go and help um homeless people on the weekends like just you know volunteer work and for me man going and doing volunteer work i used to think just you know idiots used to do that stuff right but you know once i started doing that and being around all these awesome people i was like holy shit man um it was it was um they were really awesome people and they taught me so much and you know being around homeless people and spending my weekend or my Saturday nights handing out food and doing all that stuff, man, I'd come home and I wouldn't have even needed to drink and I still had a really good time. So, yeah, that was where I really started to develop and then go on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's funny because I've been the person on the receiving end of what you're doing. (laughs) What's that, sorry? I've been the person on the receiving end of what you did. Right. So I've been the homeless person at the food truck or, you know. Well, well, can, can I just yeah. say one thing but, but yeah. before, like, not to cut you off? Well, I actually did cut you off. Sorry about that, my man. But, like, so for now, now um, what I went into after warehousing, I actually went into training and assessment. So I was actually, like, training people to run, like, warehousing businesses, to work in warehouses. I was a forklift assessor for a while there. Um, so I'd really developed all these great skills. I was like, holy crap. But in saying that, when I would go, so a lot of the time, a lot of the people I was working with in the training industry were long-term unemployed people and all that. And when I was actually going and handing out um, uh, like coffee or tea or food or packets of biscuits or whatever it was, there was a few times where I'd actually see some of my past students there and man, you could see that they were down in the dumps, man. And I think when they would see me, they would light up because they saw a familiar face type of thing. But man, that was hard seeing those people there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's such a complicated process that can end you up on the street. Sometimes it's simple, usually not. Um, uh, and and just being treated like a human by anyone, um, it, it's very profound. And then if you take that situation, you can kind of double it when you're an autistic person or, or so a neurodiverse person who's on the street because you've already, before you were homeless, felt like people wouldn't treat you like a human, you know, or, or, or at the very least felt like you weren't a human. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, um, we're writing some music at the moment, some new music, and... Um, I've noticed there's a very big theme around being alien coming into the music. And I think that's that, that that sort of getting out the frustration with that part of my life where I felt like I was some sort of alien who, who just couldn't be, who couldn't human. Um, so, you know, it's, it's sort of doubled. So honestly, man, people, people who show the kind of kindness that you do and and do the kind of work that you do. um, It's very appreciated. Yeah, look, but I, I don't, to tell you the truth, I don't, I do see a lot of people do it for the wrong reasons. I have seen some people do it because they want people to think like, like, for example, right? I, oh, remember, yeah. Yeah. I would do, yeah. I would do like my volunteer work, like nearly every Saturday, right? Because I loved it. And I loved um, um, people who, um What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I love just speaking to the people on the streets because what happens is when you're doing it regularly, you actually they become your friends, you know. Yeah. And, and like you, you, 
it's like just catching up with your friends every um weekend there. and it was funny because sometimes i'd be in like a suit and tie in the city going to work or whatever and i'd run into some of my friends yeah. um and i'd be like hey and they'd be like what the hell's this guy want because i was dressed different i looked different yeah. but then it sort of clicked but what i was getting at was when it comes to like christmas time for example and everyone goes and does it then i couldn't even like go and spend time with like my friends on the street because all these people at christmas time want to like give it christmas time and it's yeah. like yeah all right it's good that you're giving but if you're going to do a good thing don't just do it at christmas time do yeah. it more regularly you know yeah, what, yeah. what are you trying to prove you know but but you know again being able to speak as an ex-homeless person um uh we can see through that shit. The, yeah, the totally. weirdest thing was um, people just thought we were dumb because we were homeless. And it's like, no, there's some very, I, I had some very intelligent friends. One of them was a scientist yeah, man. or used to be a scientist. Um, you know, we can see through that stuff. And it's, it's, um, it's just very patronizing. But you no, know, we can see the real genuine people who really want to help and, you know, and, and you know what? It almost comes back to neurodiversity in a way because, like, you know, people, you say to someone, hey, look, I'm dyslexic or whatever like this, and then people who don't understand neurodiversity, they already have this assumption of what neurodiversity is. Yeah. And you just get this different feel, and it's like, yeah, I'm not stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah. if and, and you get treated like you're stupid, and it's like, hang on, mate, I'm not the stupid one. You're the stupid one. And there's a lot of uh, stereotypes out there, you know. Um, mm. I know with autism, people sort of look at me and go, but why aren't you, like, rocking back and forth in the corner and why why can you speak? And I'm just like, autism is – it's a range of – it's a spectrum. Yeah, man. It, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, so I mean, diverse. Just so everyone knows, I'm very high on the spectrum and I know, if, you know, it might not seem that way <laughs> with what I'm doing right now, but, I'm, uh, yeah, towards the top end. Um, but, you know, I learned – you can learn you can learn how to do things and, and seem better at things but um yeah the, the 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 misconceptions are huge and you know what and and this is the thing like within workplaces now right so we're seeing all of these organizations trying like neurodiversity and when i mean trying neurodiversity they'll have a a neurodiversity hiring program right yeah. and it's like all that is is a is an autism hiring program where a lot of the time those people are put into rooms away from everyone else and you know i've heard, i've had people tell me in the past that yeah look um they and that pissed me off for starters they had to be in another room by themselves because they um can't interact with others it's like a bugger off type of thing but, like, the other thing as well, I've been told that all neurodistinct people, all we want is a job where we can work and sit in the background and be forgotten about. It's like, no, nah, man, get stuffed. I want to be a leader. I want to lead teams. I want to feed off other people. I want to inspire people. And you know what? With neurodiversity in the workplace, this is where it's um we're missing so many crucial points because um you know neurodiversity you even said it before it is so diverse within itself it's the same with mental health as well we have so mental health can hit you when you least expect it um and it's the same you know it's not the same with neurodiversity <laughs> you, you've either got it or you don't right um yeah. but um that's the thing you can't have this one size fits all program type of thing and this is what we're i'm constantly trying to share with people right you can't just say hey look we're neurodiverse inclusive and only have a autism hiring program that's not neurodiversity that's an autism hiring program you know and so you, you can't template it because you know like you just said even just within one particular part of neurodiversity. So even just within autism, that could mean a bunch of different things. You know, you could have 10 people at the same point on the spectrum who exhibit completely different symptoms. Exactly. Different struggles. But then you add the spectrum and, it, you know, it, neurodiverse people are as diverse as the people, you know, the symptoms are as diverse as the people that have them. 
Um, well, that's that's the thing, and like there is no one neurodistinct person who is the same as another person. That is that's just. That's because no person is the same as any other person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, no. So, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating, you know. I've seen a lot of places with um, uh, diversity hire systems, um, it, which is why I love what you do with the Neurodiversity Academy because they've got the they've got the quotas to hire people, but once they're in the workplace, there's no support for them. Well, in the and this is, this is the thing, right? Like... I, I, I speak about it so much and, you know, I would love the Neurodiversity Academy to be like up there and doing all this great stuff. But at the moment, we're limited because, for example, I want to get jobs for people. And you know what? I could probably go get jobs for people tomorrow. Easy like that. But yeah. those jobs would not be neuroinclusive. So yeah. by me sending you to those jobs you're bound to fail, right? Mm. And I want people, I want to be able to send people to a certain role and succeed in there to be, and mm. you know what, I, I remember I was speaking at a, um, oh, what was it, a um, at something the other week, uh, I was on a panel, I was a panelist, that's right. And um, uh, what, what was the question? Um, someone said, oh, um, what do, oh, something about like, how, how, what would you, do you reckon people should be open about being neurodistinct, right? Yeah. And, and look, to tell you the truth, personally, I am, um, and it's up to the individual, right? But I thought to myself, if you've got a true neuro-inclusive workplace and everything is in place, people shouldn't need to be open, do you know what I mean? Because everything is in place for them to be able to succeed in their job, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, people probably would be more open then because there's no problem, you know? Yeah. But this is what we're missing, right? Yeah. Where you can't, you can't just send people to jobs or have a hiring program, but the, inside of it, because the, the retention, people will quit. You know, people yeah. will quit and go, I can't handle this because people don't understand me, you know, yeah. and well, it's just frustrating. I, I actually do draw some parallels between um, neurodiverse people and trans people. Yeah. Um, because everyone thinks that they need to understand it. You don't need to understand it. You just need to not be a dick about it. You just need to, you just need <laughs> yeah, true. You need to accept it, right, and listen to them when they tell you what their reality is, you know. Mm. Um, but people just, they want to make it make sense and usually like immediately. And when it doesn't, they just go, uh, you know, mm. can't be bothered with that. Or I'm, I'm not going to, not going to accommodate for that. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. You don't need to be into it or, 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 or a part of it to be okay with it. You just got to be okay with it. Just let people be people. Yeah, totally, 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 totally. Look, I can't think of anything. You know, we've covered some really cool stuff today. Um, yeah. I don't really have too many other things that I really wanted to cover. Did you have anything else that you really wanted to share with everyone, Kevin? Um, I guess in terms of, like, how to develop in life as a neurodiverse person, um, if, if there's one thing I really wanted to cover that maybe we didn't, it's that you, you, um, you, you've got to understand that it's okay. Mm. It's mm. okay. You know, I, I spent a lot of time feeling um, less than or different than, or, you know, and you know, maybe I am different then, but, but I, I felt like because I was autistic that I wasn't so, other I'm people. Sorry, Kevin, I just want to like post up some of these comments because yeah. like I really loved you. Love that. Don't yeah. need to understand it. Don't be a dick about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it you know, it's okay. I struggle with some things, you know, um, and, and, you know, the, it's, it can be hard, you know, people, some, I know there's sort of a growing movement of people who don't like the word disability. It's okay. You know, I have a disability when it comes to social interactions um, and I'm, that doesn't make me less than or less worthy. It's just a thing that I struggle with. Um, and um, 
uh, that's fine. You know, I mean, if, if someone's born without one of their fingers, people don't go, oh, you know, you're less than because, it was, well, maybe unless you're a real dick, but, you know. People, <laughs> true, true. People just, but people just said to be, oh, you were, okay, you were born without that finger, so maybe you can't do this thing. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, and the people are just a lot more accepting of it. But, you know, the brain is a physical organ uh, and it can have issues like any other. Um, it's just because they they're not manifestly visible all the time that, that people uh, find themselves less able to um, be accommodating for it, which I don't think is fair. But yeah, so anyway, I have a disability. I'm okay with that. It's only recent that I've become okay with even that term. Um, but, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. It's just that you, you, the the thing that really helped me develop, I guess, was coming to terms with the fact that I am going to struggle with X, Y, Z, but that's okay. And I'm not less than because of that. I'm just different. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. You've actually covered some really good parts there. Did anyone have any other questions they wanted to ask us before we um, finish up for today? Um, we'll probably be running these every fortnight, um, 5.30 p.m. Um, every every fortnight. So um, if you're around, we really want to design it so people can listen to it on their way home from work or if you're overseas, you can listen to it on the train or in the car while you're driving to work or if you're in bed, um, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, if there's no other questions, we might... Um, we might um, close this up. But thank you so much for everyone who's been listening today. Um, we just want to build on this. You know, I think we saw this get to about nine people watching it at one point. So that's really cool. Um, and I really hope that um, we can really build this bigger and bigger. Um, if you ever have any, if you want to come on to the um, um, uh, podcast, um, and the, you can work in with this time. Please reach out to us with what topic you might have. Um, and look, we'd be more than happy to have you on the podcast and talk some more. Um, you know, and just really just be open about it. Be open-hearted about what you want to talk about. And I think um, this is what it's all about. We shouldn't be afraid to talk about certain topics um, and... Um, yeah, that's what we're all about. So, look, if anyone else doesn't have any other questions, um, you know. <laughs> Alexander says we're a true podcast now because he's listening to us at work. Yeah, there we go, man. Representing, representing. Thank you so much, Alexander. It's been good to, um, to hear from you again, man. Um, but, no, thank you, everyone, for interacting. Sorry, Kevin, do you have something you wanted to say, my man? Just one last quick thing to this Facebook user. Sorry, your name's not coming up. Um, there's nothing dirty about having a disability. Um, do not be concerned about that. It's other people who have the problem if, if, if they're being weird to you about having a disability. It's, you know, it, it, it's no different than skin color or, you know, people are just, people are built different. You don't need to understand it. Like there's, there's a quote from something, I think it was Adventure Time or something. You just need nice. to, it's not. Adventure <laughs> Time. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Awesome, my name's Will Wheeler. I'm here with my co-host, Photon John, a.k.a. Kevin, the man, Lennon. Um, thank you so much for listening to us today. And please like, subscribe, and follow all of our social media platforms. And please follow along with our um, posts when we post up. I'm sick and tired of having all these um, scam people telling us to share on there. When I want some real people. So yeah, promote please. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Thank you so much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed Thank the you, rest Will. of the week. Right. Um, and look, I look forward to hearing more from everyone in the next couple of weeks. My name's Will. Take care.